you are 100% responsible for every single thing that happens in your life. It is no one's responsibility but yours. So don't even try to pin, even if you choose to get into a bad business relationship or a personal relationship, you have played a role in that. So first, taking accountability. Yes. Secondly, what that does when you take accountability, you are when you feel responsible, you automatically want to make better decisions. And that goes hand in hand with being like, where is my role to play in what is happening in front of me? And where am I accountable for what's happening? And that working on your emotional health and your stress levels and how you see the world has a lot to do with how your body responds. Because your your body, they've come up with all the research now to show that trauma lives in the body for three generations. Wow. If your grandmother went through something chronic, during the time that she's conceiving your mom, that your mom's going to inherit that, then you'll inherit that. Imagine the backlog that people have in their body. Hi, I'm Kelly Namiro. Welcome to the Balancing Chaos podcast, a lifestyle podcast where we'll talk about wellness, motherhood, and some really exciting things in between. My goal is to help you develop a lifestyle that promotes health, wholeness, and success. Through my conversations with our experts and guests, I hope to inspire you to live a beautiful, full and joyful life as you navigate balancing the chaos. Welcome back to the Balancing Chaos podcast. I am here today with Iman Hassan, the founder and CEO of the IHC agency, which is a female run creative full service agency that she founded herself. She has 15 years of experience in lifestyle communications, starting her career at Condé Nast and working with brands like Aquazura, Goop, Topshop, and Intermix to name a few. Separate from her corporate work, Iman is passionate about modern wellness, biohacking, and plant medicine, which I am super excited to talk to her about today because I don't think that we have had enough conversations about that on the show. Iman also has a certification in nutrition and wellness for, from Cornell University, and she does a ton of incredible humanitarian work. Get ready for a very insightful episode. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Kelly, for that super kind intro. I'm so excited to be on. I've been listening to your podcast for a while, and I just love how you navigate the conversation and really bond with your guests and your community. So thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate it. I think that, you know, the women out there listening to the show are so interested in the wellness vertical. That's like the crux of our show. And I think that what we were kind of talking about really briefly before we hopped on was this idea of plant medicine. And I don't think we've touched on it with like the conversation of PTSD before, but I would love to hear about your experience and like how you've used it, why you've used it, all of that kind of stuff. So five years ago, I really got into plant medicine um, about, yeah, I would say around five years ago. And I had my first ayahuasca journey. And for me, it was literally as if somebody cracked open my head, like an egg. And I, and I looked at the world again after my first ceremony was like, wow, I had, I've had such a limiting view on the world, why we're here, what we're here for, how we see the world. And it taught me a lot about our programming that we get from our communities, our cultures, our childhood, and the expectation of what other people expect us to be versus truly who our soul chooses to be. And so I think my earlier introduction to ayahuasca navigating, I go at least once a year for a a ceremony I try, um, was really kind of working on myself, my own traumas, my own story, my own rhetoric about who do I really want to be in this world. And I think then I was able to take it to a place that I'm able to apply it for leadership, what I'm building, 
How can I bring that into my business? Who am I becoming from a professional aspect? So plant medicine and psychedelics can be so incredible for career development. Yeah. If you use it with that intention and you are allowing it to mold you in that way. That's what I was going to ask you. So you feel like your career and everything shifted completely from that. I literally had this moment the like the other day. I, I did a ceremony recently. When was it? In October, okay. uh, end of September. And listen to how the journey is. I've had the agency now for three and a half years. I worked for a ton of different agencies and realized there was a gap in the market wanting to start my own. Three and a half years ago, if you asked me, Kelly, why I started this agency, it was out of ego to say I could do it better. Uh, people didn't give me the opportunity to maybe do things at other places that I wanted to. It's because I can do better. I can build better. I can know better. Now I don't look at it like that. IHC has its own energy and its own, it's its own being. And IHC is in service to every single person who works here. It is a container for the women who choose to put their time and energy here. It's a container for them to be supported, helped, navigated. And that doesn't mean everyone here is going to stick. We've had people who've come in here and their energy might not align with the way we work, right? But it's not about me. I might have birthed this com- company into creation, but this company is a cre- is a holding container for so much more beyond me. So I've now learned to recognize that sometimes I need to step back and let it do its own thing because the people who make up this company also count for where this company is going. Yeah. And so this is my, my ego. Do you have, have you done like, and I don't know, like if, because it's other people you're allowed to say, but have you done stuff like that? Like with the people on your team? So I'm slowly getting them kind of more like comfortable with it. I really might make my biggest dream is to get to the point that our team is like comfortable doing a retreat together for me, because work is so important to me and who I am. But we have a lot of the team who's like open to trying psilocybin now and other things. And I want to get to the point with them kind of hearing my journey and seeing, because every time I go for a retreat, I'm so open about it. I come back, I tell them, this is what I learned. These were my downloads, especially my executive team. Um, this is what I learned. These were my downloads. These are my takeaways. And they see a shift in me. So I'm hoping like through, and actually one of my VPs might actually go with me soon to a retreat. Um, and she's absolutely amazing. So yes, it's getting more kind of normalized in our day to day. And, um, it's not like it's a wackadoodle thing to do. And it's not like, oh, you just have to be some like hippie dippy to do it. They're seeing me navigate it from a professional aspect. And I don't think like your professional life and your personal life and those bodies are not disconnected. Like everything is karmically connected. Your energy is karmically connected. So with the intention and the integrity you show up is how it reflects in all areas of your life. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. I think that like, it's really inspiring because I think that a lot of people have like a fear around it. Like, what Mm -hmm. if I lose control? What if I feel like, you know, I want to get out and I can't handle it. Mm -hmm. Um, and so one thing that I've heard from a lot of people, like whether it was my yoga teacher or my masseuse, like people who have tried it is like, you almost feel when it's your time to like have a plant medicine ceremony, like you're called to do it. Do you feel like that? A hundred percent. I was already hearing about ayahuasca, like maybe six months or eight months before I even tried it. And it opened me up to a lot of other plant medicines. I've tried a lot of different ones. Now, this is the one that resonates so far with me the most that I keep on going back every year, but I've tried like Bufo. I've tried Iboga because now I'm curious. Right. Every medicine, especially plants, which are very different to synthetic um, LSD or other journeys or ketamine journeys is because they have such 
old intelligence and higher intelligence within their living, breathing beings, right? So the way they communicate to you and talk to you is so different in each and plant has a different frequency and has a different way of communicating with you. So right. Aya is female, it's called a grandmother. She's very loving and maternal, but she can also be a little firm. Whereas Iboga is something else that I tried and I would wish that on anybody. It was a really rough, like 16 hours of my life. I was like, why don't I get off this train? And I went because my husband wanted to try it. And I was like, oh, yeah. just come along as well. And I was like, oh, this is really <laughs> intense. So it's completely different. Each plant speaks to you differently, the way they give you downloads, communication, insights. And sometimes the thing is you, you don't get the insight then and there. Mm-hmm. Once you've done these medicines, they stay with you. They stay with you over time. They stay with you over years. And sometimes I was actually speaking to our shaman this time. And I said, you know, it's really weird. Sometimes I'm driving in the car and a song comes on and I get the same download that I would during ayahuasca. And he said, it's not called a download. This is a word that we've used. It's not download. He's like, all these medicines do is they kind of shake you up internally a little bit. You have all that intelligence inside of you. Inside you have of you. Intelligence. It just opens up your consciousness and you receive the message when you're finally ready to receive it. So you're able to get it at that time. And maybe that is at that moment that your body shifts into a different energetic state that you get that supposed download in a car ride. But that's not from the outside. We think it's from the universe. No, it's actually internal. So you said, okay, so you started the agency three and a half years ago. Your first like plant medicine journey was five years ago. Was yeah. it triggered like by that to you know, start the agency? Because I think that like, you're so dead on in saying that so many of us, especially as women are told who we're supposed to be, what we're supposed to do. Like, I feel that so much. Like I went, because like, I thought that my parents wanted me to get my MBA and work for my business. Like, that's what I did. And then it wasn't until I recognized like, wow, I'm miserable. Like, I'm not happy that I was like, I need to make a change. Yeah. Kelly, you're so right to say that. I met my husband. um, We know each other for a long time and he kind of introduced me to this work and we um, were talking and I just wasn't happy. I'd worked for a really big agency in New York. The founder was an incredible, really close friend of mine and stuff, but I felt very like, I felt like an imposter. Yeah. So I've had all the success over my careers. I worked at Connie Nass. I worked for all these incredible brands. I felt a little bit like an imposter. I felt really uncomfortable. And I was trying to kind of find myself. And five years ago, I don't think I was in the best headspace, you know? And I went on a ceremony and it completely started slowly. It didn't happen overnight, but slowly it started changing my, my perspective on things. And I think it started getting me really comfortable with forcing myself to do the most uncomfortable things. Mm. Getting comfortable with that version of me because it was like, that's what you need to work on. For example, I was uncomfortable with public speaking. And this year, it has been a lot for me. And sometimes people don't notice that about me, but I do get nervous. And and I've been speaking a lot more at conferences and summits and stuff. But it's taken me a minute and it's taught me, you need to use your voice. You need to amplify through that. And you're going to have to get uncomfortable with this really uncomfortable thing and have the strength to go through to the other side. So it shaped me and convinced me, well, he actually, my husband actually convinced me to start the agency. And he said, why don't you try it out? And I was really nervous because I'd opened an agency before with somebody else. And we had so much success, but it didn't really work out. And I was like, do I really want to take a risk of having all these employees, having an office, all these overheads? Yeah. A big responsibility. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. So for those of the women out there who are listening, who don't know what I like, what your agency does, IHC agency does tell them like, cause I think that so many women 
whether they want to build a brand or they're starting a brand, I think that this is really like important information. We are a full scope creative agency and why we're a little bit different to other like PR marketing agencies out there. I saw a gap in the market because brands right now need 360, right? You need to come in and you're like, hey, we can do media relations for you, but where are we doing it with social programming or where are we doing experiential events and pay to play influencer marketing? And then where is your ad budget kind of going in email marketing? So not all clients ask us for everything under the sun, but people want that cohesion between the different yes. ideas and somebody who understands that. So our agency, if you look at our executive team, is made up very differently to traditional agencies. You don't only have publicists on there. You have people who've come from CPG brands such as Unilever and PepsiCo and Starbucks. You have people who've come from Tiffany and Equinox. So we have built something where you can come to us as a client and we can collaborate together from the executive team. And then they manage their own account executives and coordinators to be like, hey, if you want to run a $2,000 or a $50,000 ad campaign, this is what it's going to look like. And this is the assets that we need to create. So we have a full creative director who takes care of like things from graphics, animations to projections to a team that runs full-fledged ads to then the traditional PR team and then events, activations, and influencers. And within those verticals, we have three to four categories that we've locked in on. So I am the person who oversees the health and wellness brands. Biohacking, wellness, modern wellness is something which is a very big interest of mine. I know how to build brands in that space, I kind of really oversee that. And I basically took what I've been doing for 15 years, building luxury brands and applied that same lens to get brands out there that I really think have purpose and great stories and stuff. You know, my managing director oversees a lot of the luxury brand portfolio and design because that's her background, where she comes from. And then our VP set across like hospitality and CPG products. Okay. Amazing. So how many people do you have working in your agency right now? Right now we're 12 to 15. And I don't think we're ever going to become like a 50 person. Like that's yeah. just not what I want to do because I still sit on client calls. I'm still personally involved in all the strategies. I still manage some accounts completely by myself with the team. So I want to be able to have insight and oversight into what we're doing for you. I still curate the guest list for a lot of the events. Yeah. And so I can't do that if I can't manage what we have. And so we're very selective. We're a boutique yeah. and we really uh, kind of like, look and review at what's coming in. How do you sit with our larger portfolio? How do we energetically sit with you? Because I can meet a founder and I'm like, this person is not going to gel with us. Like yeah. you're going to be with us two months and then I'm going to be like, oh no. So I become really mindful of like, what's your intention? What's your purpose? Who are you? What do you stand for? Is your vision? And I was just, I spoke about this on a panel recently. You have to really be selective. It's like dating. And this is my advice to clients and brands. When you're hiring an agency, meet them, meet them, meet them multiple times because it is like dating. These people are going to champion your brand, stand behind you and meant to be your spokespeople. Yes. You're not just going and hire somebody because they have a great portfolio. Does the founder and the people servicing you gel with you and share your vision? Because if you don't, you will have constant friction and conflict and it's not going to work out. I cannot tell you how many times in like, so I started my business three and a half years ago as well. Right. And in that, like the, probably one of the biggest lessons I've learned is exactly what you just said. And I don't think we've ever talked about it on the show. And I think it's so helpful yeah. for anyone who's an entrepreneur out there, because I've hired countless agencies who have like, we've gotten on a sales call. They've made me a promise. Well, we will absolutely like run these ads for you. You're going to get thousands. And then it's like, I see no ROI. Like what are we doing? And it's like, if I would have just taken the time in the forefront and trusted my intuition and like sat with that energy for a little bit. And it sounds so woo woo, but God, it's not. so but true. It's not. And 
what you just said about intuition. So women lead yes, very they have it. for men. And this is another thing that I brought up because like um, our CFO is a guy. And so I have a very different energy to him. And I will always gut check. I, when I haven't trusted my intuition has bit me in the ass. I will gut check when we're hiring for employees now. Yes. I mean, learn my lesson there. I gut check when I'm hiring for clients because I've learned my lesson there. And I say, hey, is what this person's asking for really feasible? Because it's my name on the line. Can we deliver this? Yeah. Can we, or is this person completely unrealistic and what they want and what they're going to get is like two different ends of the spectrum. It's not even worth our energy. And I can tell like mile away if a client's going to have a problem tell the team ahead, guys, this person's going to be acting up. So either we exit or we figure out a strategy and you, and you start working on this ASAP because yeah. if somebody is going to be difficult and combative, we don't want that energy. You don't want, yeah, exactly. It's, Cause it, 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 you're dealing with that on the back end for however long the contract goes on for it. It's like, God, I that, like, it's just not worth it. And energetically, I don't want to do that to myself, to my team. I want to value all our time. I want to value all our energy. And I, and I want to be respectful of what we're putting in. I, I couldn't agree with that more. So one of the things you said was that you oversee the biohacking wellness, like all of that, yeah. like brands that are involved in that capacity. What is it that got you into like interested in that in the first place? So five years ago, like kind of around the same time I started my, my plant medicine journey, I was having a lot of health issues. My, my mom passed away last year from cancer. My dad was really sick before they passed away two years pr prior. And I'm a South Asian. So we grew up in a culture like medicine, 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 medicine for everything. And you would think that, but they didn't grow around Ayurvedic. That's a little bit more Indian. So it wasn't that holistic the way we grew up. I'm Pakistani. And I had a lot of health issues. So I had, um, constantly was getting a very cyst. I had cystic acne. I would have a lot of, uh, you know, allergies to foods. I was just not well. And like, if you guys aren't watching the video, if you look at her skin now, it is like perfectly <laughs> glowing, absolutely flawless. <laughs> and I hate wearing makeup. So I'm like, I, right now I was like, I told Jacqueline, I was like, Jacqueline, do you have a makeup case? She's like, no, you don't. And I'm like, oh, I can't believe it I'm doing stunning. this. <laughs> Thank you. So I got introduced to a functional medicine doctor who for the first time in my life, somebody ran functional labs for me and said, you have estrogen dominance. You have candida, which for people who don't know, is like yeast overgrowth in your gut and your hormones are all over the place. And this guy, for the first time, I felt like gave me answers. And I had cystic acne, Kelly. Like I would have breakouts as an adult all over my face. And I was like, I never had breakouts. Like what is going on with my body? My body was inflamed. I would eat food and I'd look like I'm four months pregnant. So oh my I had candida too. Like, and so I 100% relate to, I, I was on like a three month elimination. It was, it's hard. Like after you're through it, you're like, there is hope in the world. Like, I think that anyone who goes through that, like, absolutely would want to help other people in some way. 100%. And it changed, I, I, I stopped taking, I don't even take Tylenol. Like, forget it. I don't touch anything anymore. And it changed my lens and understanding for my body. And when my body started healing and then I learned about like custom supplementation and I learned about peptides and I started getting into all of these like biohacking like things with your sleep and this and that. I was like, I've had it all wrong the whole time. So it was my personal love for this space and being like, this is really giving back to community. This is changing people's relationship with their bodies, their minds, and their relationship to themselves in such a way that, look at the world right now. If we're not healthy within ourselves, what service are we doing to anybody else? We operate from fear. We operate from hate. So it's so much bigger when you start taking care of yourself and really he healing yourself on a, a body, soul, mind level that 
I really want to start behind brands and founders who are part of that conversation in one way, shape, form, or the other, and helping people live happier, healthier lives, not because it's fluffy and the right thing to say, but because their brands really back that. Yeah. And that's why I kind of like started developing the space. And so we brought in some incredible supplement brands we're working with. We were an agency for Sweet Green. Um, they've that. been pushing protein plates and they've, you know, taken the step to become like non seed oil, not that. I was going to say, I oil. saw that. Was, were yeah. you a part of that message? Cause like, so they kind of did that in their that out, I was like, there's yeah. no other fast food place doing this. So we used to speak to their team. We're like, guys, like we need to make this pivot. And so, and for Sweet Green, mainly think about it this way. Like they are such a huge, massive business to have taken that kind of pivot is huge, you know? Um, And so we were really able to like work with brands and really champion sometimes change or development or growth for different people. And I was like, I'm so passionate about this space that I really want to help build and cultivate founders and brands. So if you come into the agency and you're within that vertical, then I sit across and do your strategy. I think where your influence of dollars are going or not going, we look what works for one brand does not work for another. Each single one is completely unique to the other based on their end goal and KPIs. Are you building and athletic greens? Are you building a thorn? Are you building like, what are you building? Because each one of them has a totally different business model. Yeah. Like supplement to supplement is not the same. Cold plunge to sauna necessarily might not be the same. Are you doing, trying to do more hospitality? Are you trying to do kind of more consumer practitioner? Like the space is very big. And uh-huh. this is another thing agencies take on and they're like trying to apply the same copy paste strategies. It doesn't work like that. I think that when you have that individualized strategy too, it it just makes it so that one, the customer feels like more taken care of and feels like they're actually getting the results. And like, that's why you don't take on like as many because you're like, I have to be able to like, look at this from a unique perspective, depending on whatever brand it is. Even like the way, like when I'm doing interviews to hire people now, I'm so sure to really ask some really difficult questions because I'm like, hey, like what if a client comes to you and they want the X, Y, and Z, but they don't have the budget. Give me a creative way that you would still try to get them what they want mm-hmm. without just, you know, you have to cover out the dollars because we have to be able to be frugal. We have to be mindful of their budget. And once we deliver and build that trust, then we can go ask for more dollars. So one of the things that you said is like, you obviously like nothing is going to be the same for any brand. Right. But like, if there is somebody who has a health and wellness, let's just say that, because again, this, that's kind of like the vertical of this show, like brand that they are trying to promote. Do you feel like they, at least to some degree have to have a multi-pronged approach where there's social media and then, you know, regular, normal digital PR, all that kind of stuff. First and foremost, they need to understand their consumer. Where's their consumer shopping? How much are they spending? And what outlet speaks to them? So these brands are just turn up and be like, well, we haven't had any customer acquisition, but we want you to start marketing. We're like, but who are we marketing to? Have you done? And a lot of brands don't, by the way, don't pay unless they're huge, funded by huge VCs, are not paying for proper focus groups and research. They're just like, see these four little brands out here. And they're like, well, they did it. And it's like, these guys have a lot of data, you know, to back into. So first and foremost, before you invest in a marketing agency, who is your customer? Are they a return customer? Where is your customer acquisition going? And if they're not a return customer, like what is the problem? Figure mm-hmm. that out. Once you understand that, where the break in the chain is either coming or what is working, what's not to some extent working, go to an agency and be like, hey, this is what we have about our customers so far. But an agency is not fully responsible unless they're running your ads and that's all they're doing, which we've done for some clients, just doing sales for you. That is not the agency's job. 
a company needs to have a salesperson in-house and handling that, especially if they're going to a marketing agency. If they're going to a sales agency, like we do ad budgets, that's different. But that disconnect is only going to bring the person to be frustrated at the agency. And the agency is like, well, that's not my problem, you know? So be very clear with your consumer journey. Mm-hmm. Have one, understand your customer acquisition journey, understand where that person is shopping. So you target those outlets. Yes. Okay. That's super helpful. And then for somebody who's just at the very beginning of this, they're just starting, how do they start to define their customer? I think they need to really look at like, let's say they put together five or six competitors. Mm -hmm. What are they doing the best of? And then I would say do little focus groups with friends and family, right? So analyze like, Hey, if I'm selling to a beauty product, a beauty supplement to young women between the age of 25 and 40, um, do little like, you know, you can get free surveys online, send it to your friends, send it to your colleagues, send it to people and be like, Hey, could you answer? Like, where would you like to buy this? What would the price point like to be? Are there any like brands that you really like that you're taking right now? How is your experience with them? Do the research, do the research and then get into it. Don't just say like, Hey, this one brand, like I'll use AG1 as an example, because we hear that a lot is doing so well. And I'm like, guys, like not everyone's going to be an AG1. So if your price point is X, you're, if you want to build something for this sort of purpose and always think about it this way, what is there a problem in the market that has not yet been solved? And are you solving that problem? So the success of a brand comes down to what is a problem in the market and are you doing it differently? And how are you doing it differently? I think, I think that the idea of AG1 is actually a really like good topic of conversation Absolutely. before we move on. Why are they so successful? How did they do that? It's like a greens powder and everyone is bonkers about it. Everyone's bonkers, but they have great branding. So let me say, they have wonderful branding. It's easy. It's everything is in one shot. So everyone's like, oh my God, I don't have to take 20 pills. And building foundational nutrition becomes really easy because somebody who's never taken supplements, they're like, oh, I get everything in this one drink. It's coolly branded. Everyone's talking about it. And as they've grown, they've obviously had a lot of VC money injected into them as well. They've gotten some of the best Huberman Labs, um, Mark Heyman, Will Cole, like people are backing this brand, you know, people who are experts. So what have they done? They built themselves in the practitioner community. So they're experts from actual experts, right? So they've become like that brand that people go to. One, two, they have incredible branding. And three, their customer acquisition is very easy and they have one product to promote. That's it. They're not doing 20,000 things over here and 20,000 things. They're like, we're good at this and we're good at this one thing. And let's just do that. I think that that all like... If somebody is like looking to, you know, understand that, like the concept of the branding world. And like, even if like you're, you're still in the like thought process phase of like, oh, I want to start my own thing. I think that from a, I'm like a service provider. And even when I first started, it's like, I started with one thing and it's like, start with one thing, get really, really good at it. And then you need one. Yeah. Yeah. And I think sometimes brands end up doing too much. A thousand percent. And then they compromise their integrity, their values. They're like cutting corners on their packaging or formulations. By the way, something to know, the supplement industry is one of the biggest bullshit industries out there. People are Oh, yes. Please talk about this. People are lying. They're talking about third-party testing. It's like third-party testing. Listen, guys, a lot of the formulations are full of fillers. They're, they take one hero ingredient to hear about in a study. They're like, oh, we added this to our formulations might not be the right dosage, might not even be credible to sourcing. So 
I don't, I'm obviously not going to shit on brands here, but I can tell you a lot of big brands, a lot of big marketing budgets on Instagram are trying to sell you something it does not do. I'm trying to shove it down your throat. And so you need to go to back. Does this brand own its own manufacturing? Because that's a very big thing. If they're making it in a random factory that they're producing for six other brands. Yes. That's questionable. Um, are they just buying data and research? Because you're like, hey, I'm taking this one formula, this formulation that has this one ingredient and there's all this research on it doesn't count for shed. Third-party testing does not count for shed. So look at sourcing, look at the actual formulations of your the brand you're taking's product and do your labs. Do your labs when you start taking your brand and when you start at three months Edwards, and yeah. see if your levels go up. Because I can I, tell you a lot of big brands out there sell you stuff and I've seen people's blood levels not change at all. And they're like, well, it's not really working. Maybe you have an absorption problem. I was like, no, maybe you're taking shit supplements. I love that you said this because so much of what people see out there, especially like, again, not to shit on brands, but like the like formulas that you'll see on like a TV commercial and like, like, you know what I mean? Like those are brands that are filled with a bunch of crap and like the amount and percentage of actual supplement that's in there is so minute. And so when Iman says like, look for what's actually in it, when things yes. say proprietary blends, watch yes. out for that. Yes. Watch out because you have no idea the percentage of what. Throw, throw, throw it in the bin. And then also like look into the credibility. How long has this company been around? How long did the team in the company, the founders or the doctors and stuff, are they like paid ambassadors for the brand or are they really in the science and the data off this brand. So like, what is the relationship over there? Because everyone wants to start a wellness company and it's like, well, great, but like, are they really doing right by the by the consumer? No, a lot, a lot of people out there to make a quick buck. Are you exhausted trying to find solutions for your hormonal imbalances or trying to figure out why you have these symptoms, whether it's that you can't sleep or you're exhausted all the time, or you feel like you're super bloated and you can't button your jeans or you can't lose those last five pounds, whatever it is, look no further because I spent so many years of my life trying to search for answers and going from doctor to doctor. I put together all of the knowledge that I accumulated over those years and put it into a 17-week health and hormones e-course. It is this comprehensive program that covers a wide range of hormonal imbalances from adrenal and thyroid issues to menstrual irregularities and fertility problems and everything in between. If you have been battling with weight loss, metabolism, digestion, bloating, sleep, energy, anxiety, irritability, whatever it is, we've got you covered. What sets this course apart is that I'm all about holistic solutions. I believe in addressing the root cause of hormonal imbalances and providing you with the tools that you need to rebalance your hormones naturally because it is possible. But that's not all. Today, I'm really excited because we're offering our podcast listeners something really special. When you enroll in our health and hormones e-course, you're going to receive an emailed lab review at no additional cost. I want to ensure that you you have the most personalized and effective approach to regain your hormonal balance. So if you're ready to take care 
of your hormones in a really natural way and find the solutions that you've been looking for. You can join us for a free webinar where we're going to discuss the most common catalysts for hormonal imbalance and share some of the top solutions to help you reverse and address them. It's your chance to gain these really valuable insights and take the first steps to a healthier and happier you. And the best part is, is that when you enroll in the health and hormones e-course during the webinar, we are offering you that email lab review complimentary on us. It's our way of showing you just how committed we are to helping you achieve your wellness goals. So don't wait any longer. Visit us at our website, www.wellnessbykelly.com and sign up for our free webinar and gain some really valuable knowledge to your hormonal health. When you're ready to take action, enroll in that health and hormones course and get that emailed lab review on us. It's time to take charge of your health and well-being before the end of the year. Get started now at www.wellnessbykelly.com. I want to go into like your journey and kind of how some of how you solved like some of these specific wellness issues. Cause I think these are things, especially estrogen dominance is something so many women deal with. But before we do that, what are some, like biohacking wise, like, are you a sauna cold plunge girl? Like what are some of the things that you're doing? So listen to this. I absolutely love saunas, but I have implants. And so recently okay. about a year ago, your girl here should not be sitting in a sauna because implants right. and I don't have any Toxic health injury. issues give out toxicity, right? So I've been a little bit more mindful of that. So we just invested in this incredible cold plunge. Uh, mountaintop recovery is really, really nice. Um, it's inexpensive compared to a lot of stuff out there, but it's a proper cold plunge. And so my husband loves it. He's been doing six minutes a day. I'm working myself up to three. And I think it's been incredible because I have a really- Right there with you. Chad's like, my husband is like doing like seven minutes and I'm like, I'm lucky if I get to three. Yeah. I'm like, am I done? And he's like, and I'm in and workout clothes. Like, I'm not even fully naked. And he's like, what do you mean? I was like, am I done yet? Can, can, can I get out? And he's like, no. And I'm like, shit. But listen, it's mind over matter, right? So I'm training yeah. my mom here. So I think sauna is absolutely incredible. I have just been taking a pause from it because of my implants. Um, cold plunging, I absolutely love it. Can you explain that to our audience a little really quick? Because I think, again, I was somebody who I had implants for like literally only two years and then I took them out. But like, for somebody who doesn't know that information, why would that be problematic? Well, anything in your body that's not from your body is not natural, right? And or, a lot of things like your foreign objects have heavy metals in them. They give off toxins in your body. They, they, they give up plastic. Like So what it does is it pollutes and blocks up your detox pathways. And when your detox pathways are blocked, it can lead to autoimmune conditions and other things. I did not know all of this stuff getting my implants, okay? I, did, I didn't know all of this stuff right. because I got my implants a year into my like biohacking journey. And at that time yeah. I wasn't really educated on it. I've had them for four years. I luckily do not have any health issues, but I would as a girl older consider like, Hey, if I develop anything, I'm going to get them out, but I'm watching my levels. Like, like how you feel. Yeah. Cause yeah, I think it really is individual. Like I think that there are a ton of women out there who are like, I feel brain fog. I feel, you and know, that is a sign of you have, um, you know, you're developing different things because due to your implant toxicity. So that's something to really watch with, with your hair growth and brain fog and all that stuff. So I kind of had to move away from that. But one of the hacks that is so simple that people just need to focus more on is quality of sleep. Yes. Yes. You cannot out hack sleep. You just can't. It just does not work like that. And these three hours of sleep doesn't work. You need to get proper night of sleep. And then there's another research study that I read recently that shows 
if you sleep at 12 o'clock at night and wake up at like, I don't know, I woke up at 10. No, it doesn't work like that because human growth hormone is only secreted between a certain time frame. Yeah. So you need to be sleeping at a certain time for that to actually be secreted naturally in your body right. and be produced by your body. And EMF late at night and blue light tends to block that hormone production. Mm -hmm. So if you don't get off your phone, get away from it and actually get in the right amount of sleep at the right times, key times like going to bed by 10, 1030, your body can't release that human growth hormone. And without that, you can't recover, you can't heal, you can't feel good. So that's also a really big part of it. I think that that's huge because I, I talked to so many women, whether it was when I was coaching or like in my DMS who are just like, Oh yeah, you know, I run on six hours of sleep. And it's like, no, like, no, you don't, because like, you're not recognizing the impact that that's having on your blood sugar, your cortisol, your hunger and fullness cues, all of these different things. And then you're complaining, why can't I lose weight? Why am I so low energy? Why am I bloated? All the time? Another thing I'm going to admit, I spent two years optimizing myself because I got so into biohacking. I messed up my hormones completely. So I took this health and journey so far as I go, like, oh, I'm performing great. And I felt incredible, Kelly, yeah. but my body stopped having a cycle for two straight months and it was under stress. It felt like my body went into chronic stress because I'm working out too much. I'm doing too much uh, cold plunging. I'm doing too much this. And so yeah. my body, instead of thinking like it's healthy stress was like, no, 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 we got to preserve everything and hold on. And my hormones got thrown off. So now I was like, okay, I, for example, I'm not a candidate for intermittent fasting. I'm not. And not everybody is. I, I would think love that's to be. so important because people think that I am literally lying to them when I say like, Women are different than men when it comes to intermittent fasting. We're even different than men when it comes to cold pledging. Like we have this very delicate 28 day cycle that can so much more easily be thrown off. And so our body, even though you might not think you're stressed, and I'm not saying you, I'm saying like you to the women out there, like, like I was the same way. Like, I don't know um, how many people know this, but like for literally years, I lost my period because I was over exercising under eating all of that right. stuff. And so it's like, we have to look at our menstrual cycles as like, those are, that's a signifier of like health. Your health. Yes. yes. And so one of my best friends is an incredible functional dietitian. So she runs my labs and she's like, girl, like I said, but I feel great. And she's like, it might feel great. Your body's not feeling great. She's like, whatever you're doing. I was like, but I, I don't understand. And she's like, maybe you shouldn't do two workouts a day, you know? And so I looked in, we ran my labs and she's like, you're not a candidate for intermittent fasting and how people can check that is through your blood. So one of the markers is HC, um, H, HC1A. And another one is to check your resting, your cortisol levels, right? To right. see what your body's doing. And um, check if your body, like how it does with like fasting, essentially, when you go for a blood work in the morning, you are in a state of fasting. So how is your body looking at that time? Came back that I'm a terrible candidate. I can't, I'm not metabolically flexible at all is a term. And I need to have a higher protein retention. And I need to really start working on fixing like my gut, for example, which I didn't think was really a problem, but um, I came back that I'm not producing enough stomach acid. So I'm like dealing with that right now. So health and wellness is not a linear no. linear journey. You go up, you go down, you figure things out. And then every little tweak that you make helps with a little bit more, but women cannot over-optimize themselves. We are four, four cycles a month, essentially. You know, they, they don't think it's, it's not one cycle. We have four phases to our hormones. 
Absolutely. I, I love that you've said all of this because I think that women see their partners because my, my husband fasts, he fasts every day until noon. It's he, great. Like life is great. If I do that, I am irritable. I'm angry. I'm anxious. I am like not focused and I'm, I'm hungry. And it's like, but if I have 20 grams of protein, when I wake up in the morning, I'm a completely different human. And it's like, I think there's this huge misconception that like, oh, if I eat breakfast, then I'm going to gain weight. And it's like, no, if you skip breakfast, you're, you're going to gain weight because you're going to be so hungry okay. at 4 p.m. Yeah. to overeat. So and yeah. women are just not taking enough protein and all these fad diets that we yo-yo ourselves to is just like, no, I eat a full spectrum of food. Um, I'm obviously careful with my gluten intake and generally dairy, but, and sugar, I'm not, I don't have much of a sweet tooth. So it's easier for me, but that doesn't mean I don't indulge at times, but I'm very mindful of what am I eating on a day in day out. And it's not just like, Hey, am I eating organic? It's like, are you taking in high quality nutrient dense food? Yeah. Are real you- food. Exactly. So you went from being estrogen dominant and having candida, those two things yes. to, where you're at now. And I know again, like it's not linear. You're, you don't feel like hundred percent perfect. I don't think any of us ever do, but when you went from that space, did you have to shift your diet a lot from what you were doing? Okay. Talk I was eating standard shitty American diet. And listen, so I moved to the U S 10 years ago from London. So I grew up, okay. I'm South Asian. I was born in the States, but I grew up in Pakistan until I was 12. Then I moved to London. So I lived there for 16, 17 years, lived in Dubai, back to London, then the U S so I bopped around when I came from living and eating in Europe to living and eating in the U.S. And I had no background on like nutrition and what's good and stuff like that. I've always been a very petite girl. I didn't pay attention to things, not understanding and realizing how corrupt the food system in this country is. And I wasn't methylating properly. I wasn't detoxifying properly, like all of this stuff. And my body was just in distress, basically. And I think that's not only to do with what I was consuming like from my my mouth, but it's also my emotionally. What what was I consuming? Where yeah. was I emotionally in my life at that time? And I think those two things went hand in hand with learning to balance myself out. And I had to change my lifestyle. I had to change um, how I'm eating, what I'm eating, being mindful of what I'm even retaining information wise. Yeah. Who am I talking to? Who am I even keeping in my inner circle? I've had to cut down a lot of people and like really kind of be like, I want to be mindful energetically with who I'm, what I keep around me. So it was a full lifestyle overhaul. It wasn't just one thing. I think that you sharing that piece, because I don't, I think no one recognizes how impactful stress is on things like this. So like, for example, um, my husband, I, I'm sure he'll love that I'm sharing this, but so he, he knows my audience knows probably like six months ago, he was dealing with candida. He was like, why am I so bloated all the time? Why am I so all the time? So we did a GI map, came back positive for candida. We did all the things to fix it. He went on a low sugar diet, all of this stuff. And then within the last three weeks, we did the same thing because he felt the symptoms coming back. And he's like, I'm still eating the low sugar diet. Like, why is this coming back? And I'm like, because you have not eliminated the stress and the emotional shit that you don't like from your life. Like you have to do that. Otherwise it's going to continue to come back. You are so right. So listen, and I'll go back to another thing. The stress management for me and my response to things has changed with doing plant medicine. Mm. generally an extremely reactive person and I'm quick like to things and it's taught me to take a pause and become a spectator sometimes in my life and to sit back and say let me look at it let 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 things happen 
let before it go I react. Then before I react or am I looking at things correctly or am I holding myself accountable because a lot of us go into this victim mentality as well as like poor, poor me boohoo you are a hundred percent responsible for every single thing that happens in your life it is no one's responsibility but yours so don't even try to pin even if you choose to get into a bad business relationship or a personal relationship you have played a role in that so first taking accountability yes secondly what that does when you take accountability you are when you feel responsible you automatically want to make better decisions and that goes hand in hand with being like where is my role to play in what is happening in front of me and where am i accountable for what's happening and that working on your emotional health and your stress levels and how you see the world has a lot to do with how your body responds because your your body they've come up with all the research now to show that trauma lives in the body for three generations wow if your grandmother went through something chronic during the time that she's conceiving your mom, that your mom's going to inherit that, then you'll inherit that. Imagine the backlog that people have in their body. Right. Like, I just look at what's happening in the world today, and I was like, all I'm seeing is so much trauma that people are perpetuating onto each other and fear, and they're living in this cycle, that if they step back and be, be like, is my response actually accurate, or am I operating from fear? Oh my gosh, 100%. And I feel like not only is that helping in your health journey. Right. Like, because I, I feel the same way. Like for me, it's meditation. Like I, I have been able to take so much accountability in my life where in the past I was like, why, like, this is happening to me. All of this is like somebody else's fault, like blaming everybody for everything. Yeah. And like now through that lens, I'm like, Oh, this didn't go right in my business. What did I do? Like, what, what do I, like, I'm not happy right now. Okay. Why am I not happy? I have to look at that versus blaming everybody else. Like, for example, I just stopped coaching, um, which was something I was doing in my business for like three years. And it was like, I have known that I didn't want to continue it for like probably the last nine months, but it was like, okay, I finally am taking that accountability and that step to release something that is no longer making me happy. And I think when we can see that, like, it's going to change through the seasons of our life. And we have to constantly be doing that check-in. You can't just check in once and think that that's going to be enough. It's like constant over time. So it's so funny you're saying that, that you've had this thing happen with coaching. So we had a thing this morning that we spoke to our client and we're like, Hey, it's not really working out from like both parties. And I called my team and I said, guys, you guys have been bashing your head over this. I had a really great conversation with the founder. She's the loveliest person ever, but I think where they are in their needs and what we want to do for them, there's a huge mess. They're just not ready for us. And I said, energetically, you guys are putting so much time into this account. They're not ready to receive what you're about to give it. So let's, we need to look at things. It's no one here is to blame. We just need to cut the cord because it's not working. And and I'm not happy listening to these calls where we're all getting frustrated. Why don't we just exit? And I said, that is me taking accountability for your time, for your energy, for everything that you guys are doing, but also being mindful. They're just not ready to meet us where they are. So rather than getting frustrated, you learn this as a founder to be like, hey, let me get ahead of the problem. And that's what I think a lot of more agencies need to start doing is having those hard conversations because I think it's incorrect to be picking up money from somebody which you know you cannot deliver on what you promise on, that's that's bad energy. And that's one thing that I really want to do different in our businesses. If we can't deliver on what we put down the proposal, we better have a damn good reason why we're not doing it because that is not acceptable. And then you have to allow someone to move on because you are not doing them a service. Like, it's okay. Do your it's, own thing. 
it's totally okay. And I think that like, that takes real, like self-awareness to be able to like lovingly let go. Cause I think that again, like, I'm not trying to like pigeonhole us as women, but like, we do have this like desire. I think more so like when I look at my husband, like more so than me, at least me more so than him, like to control and try to force things and like, try to like make shit work. And it's like, okay, but if it's not working, like lovingly let go. So is there something in your life? I just want to ask this because I think it's important for the women listening to, did, do you feel like that was a shift for you to where you're like, I feel like I have the capacity to be able to let go when something's not working rather than trying to push and force it. Today, when I had this call, like three weeks ago, I was like, honestly, this is just not going to work out with this client. I have an incredible team on this account. I was like, I could flip this exact team to be doing things that will just flow with us. And we have an incredible roster of clients right now. So I'm like, when I had this conversation this morning, I called the team and I was like, listen, you have to look at it how I'm looking at it. You guys are so talented in what you do, but this is just not the best use of your time. And I'm seeing it as it freeing you up versus back in the day, I would have been like, shit, I'm losing my revenue. Da, da, da. Yeah. And I do not have a replacement plan right away, right? But it will come to me because when you learn to say no, more yeses come into your life. Yes. You have um, to learn to say no. You have to learn to say, I'm putting up my hand and I'm taking a time out over here. This is not a marriage, you know? Like, just like it's a dating. You're, you're dating your clients, right? So I love that to say no and say it was just a perspective shift it's like okay if i'm not doing this rather than looking at it like i'm losing revenue i'm losing money like we're gonna lose this person like no i'm gaining energy i'm gaining time i'm right like i love the perspective for my team so they don't you know they can really be doing the same thing and being using that energy for someone who's ready to receive it Absolutely. That is, that's probably like that. And like what we're talking about with like your journey to health, like those are the most powerful things we've talked about today. I think that's incredible. And you know, Um, another thing is women operate so much for fear. So yes. Another thing I noticed women, a man will never be called a bully or aggressive or rude necessarily in a male to male environment because men don't interact with that with each other. But a woman who is assertive and focused and it's like hey dim, like has this kind of energy about her oh my god like we're not allowed to be like that as women and says who why are we not allowed to be assertive in a business environment we don't have to be assholes but why are you not allowed to be like this is my expectation yes. this is what i got this is what you guys need to be doing and vice versa like even for your clients like what would you like to receive logically don't like throw paint in the wall what are your goals? Let us back into those exact goals. And that's why I always laugh and say, is like, listen, and anybody who comes and works at the agency, and we have a great team now, but they've been girls who haven't st- been able to stick it out here because they don't want to work with a very direct energy. They want to be like molly coddled. And I'm like, the world has no time for princesses, guys. The time is women have to be warriors. Yes. Like, you need to stand by your morals and your values with no bullshit. We're not here to molly coddle you. Like, I'm very clear about that. I was like, I'm a very direct person because I'm invested in giving my time and energy and cultivating and growing you. So if you're somebody who's going to bullshit me, you're not going to last very long around here. I was, I just had a podcast a couple of weeks ago with, um, a coach. She basically coaches women on like perfectionism and body image and things like that. And like her big thing was like, from the time we are born as young girls, like we are conditioned that women are better if they're smaller, if they're quiet, if they don't speak up, if they're like quote unquote good girls. And I think that is so true. And I think that 
if we can recognize that and have the potential to break that cycle and break that mold, not only is it going to do us a service in our success in our businesses, but it's also serving the next generation of women beyond us because it's like, Lord, like, why are we subject to the standard when men are not like, it's so ridiculous. But we do to ourselves. We do this a lot to ourselves because we don't have the strength to be like, no, this is not how it's going to work. Like we deserve better. And look, I'm South Asian. So I come from a community that's generally very closed off, super judgmental. I definitely came out of the woodworks for a lot of people in my community. It was like, shit, she's talking about ayahuasca one minute. She's like openly talking about stuff. Like I do not care what anyone thinks. Like I took up the guardrails, but it was a tough pill to swallow for my family. They were like constantly perpetually like, what are you saying? And I think it's because I've had to fight for my freedom. Yeah. And who I am because I come from a different culture versus somebody like like you maybe who might it might be culturally more okay for you to be given certain freedom where if I have had to fight for it and be yeah. like, no, I'm going to be who I am. I went through a really bad divorce the first time. And I was like, I don't care. Like, I want to be who I want to be and march to the beat of my own drums. I don't have the room to be yeah. like, hey, there's any other way to be. I That's what I, like when I... I'm working with a client or I'm talking to even like a friend about like, okay, why are you people pleasing? Why are you shutting down your voice? Why are you doing this? Like, and what does it cost you? Because when you recognize what it's cost you, like for you, like you're fighting for your freedom, like feeling like you can't authentically be yourself. It's like that, those things don't feel good. And so it's like, when you recognize that, I think that you are more likely to want to shift and change. And it's not easy. It's not easy to like, speak up or like do things differently, especially if you've been suppressing yourself for a really long time to fit in or like to, you know, have someone else like you or whatever it is. But it's like, man, when you're on the other side of it, it is. You're so so relieved. I think, and one of the biggest things I say to any woman listening to this podcast, do not compromise your authenticity and your integrity for anybody, no amount of money, no amount of anything. And I know now with like social media and like this only fan culture, people will do anything for the paycheck, right? Like that's, but I really think you need to go back to what truly makes you authentic mm-hmm. and what truly is your purpose to be here and do not compromise your dignity, your value systems for anything, not for a quick, cheap buck, not for anything, not for fame, because I think that narrative needs to shift back into us going into our strength. And I think women just putting themselves out there in any shape or form and just trying to please a narrative is not doing, you're doing yourself a disservice. Huge. A hundred percent. So to shift gears into a little bit of a lighter conversation to wrap this up, tell us your favorite like let's say top three wellness brands. Um, Body Bio, they're three generations family owned. They're absolutely incredible. Um, they're known for their phospholipids. And for anybody here who does not know what a phospholipid is, it is this core of your cell. It's essentially fatty acids. And it's giving, it's providing cellular health on a very, very, very deep levels. And we are not getting enough of that through no. food, nutrition, and we're depleting it through the environment. So Body Bio for me is incredible. Um, I absolutely love it um, as a brand. Um, let me think what else. I absolutely love this cold plunge company I just invested in. Cold plunges can be so expensive. I was like, I'm not spending $10,000 on a cold plunge. Guys. Literally, like, that's what my husband oh, and I paid for. This is so ridiculous. It's like, oh. literally, you could just not heat your pool. <laughs> like, this is wild. So we found this company because we were like, love this. We still wanted something that looks really nice, right? Yeah, right. But I didn't want to break the bank. And so we found this company. It's called Mountaintop Recovery. It's really cool. Um, 
I love what essentially what they're doing. They're quick, they're efficient. It's a small startup. So you also want to, you know, support a good, like small business that's growing. So they're really, really great. And then let me think of a third. Um, you know, what I'm going to talk about is nutrition. So Eating not only organically, but recently I've gotten to like eating regeneratively because I think that regenerative farming, and so anybody here who's listening, organic farming is like, okay, the, the soil doesn't have pesticides and herbicides and stuff in it, and it's not sprayed with things, but we're still missing the core minerals and nutrients mm-hmm. from the food. And that's why a lot of us tend to be nutrient deficient because we're just not getting it the way we used to. And regenerative farming is back going back to the old way of farming and they give back and they feed the soil and the soil does everything seasonally. So seasonal eating mm-hmm. and regenerative farming is absolutely amazing. We actually have um, somebody we work with over here called Paradise Farms and they do a really great job at that. Yeah. So, but a lot of co- communities like New York and like LA have so many great regenerative farms. So Try to see where you can go, not only to a local farmer's market and look for organic, look for who actually does farming in a regenerative way. I think that that's really helpful. We had somebody on the show a few months back who was talking about the same thing um, up in the San Francisco area. I think that if you just look in your area and see who yeah. you know is doing it, it's, it's, it's something that's actually relatively um, simple to find for most people big city. And, and then red light therapy. I love red light therapy for my face. I use a higher dose mask, you know, it's yeah. great. You put it on, you do your thing. Um, so I love red light therapy. And then I have a standing device from another brand. I forget their name though, in, in my, in my closet where yeah. I meditate that for me, easy done. You feel great. You look great. Like why not? It's so good for like, for those of you who are listening, who are, you know, wondering what red light therapy is. I love my bed too. Um, I try to do it like a few times a week. It is so good for anti-aging and for your skin and for your muscle health. Like after a workout, it is inflammation. It's fantastic. So yeah, and I feel like helping your body detoxify and cellular health, right? Because the red light really like cultivates like healthy cellular use and energy and ATP production in our bodies. So that's also incredible. So for me, I love it. It's easy. So yeah, those might be my kind of top brands and kind of things that I'm really into. I'm trying to think of anything else, but Oh, there is one more actually. Okay, I'll give you one more. One yes. that can be talking about sleep. I app, I have an eight sleep pod. I don't know if I you was going to ask you if you did like an aura ring or anything. <laughs> I have an aura ring and an eight sleep. I'm not actually wearing my aura ring right now. It's amazing. But for sleep, eight sleep is actually incredible. It kind of like hoots and ke- like uh, heats the bed and cools it and kind of monitors your body temperature and gives you a very in depth data analysis of it. So we invested because my husband has like, he thinks he has sleep apnea. I just think he has bad sleeping habits. I'm very clear about that. Um, Invested in an eight sleep pod like a year ago. And I love the technology and the brand. Like I love them. Amazing. Okay. I love that. So it's like, is it like a mattress pad almost? You can get a mattress or a pod, like a mattress cover. Okay. You can can control the two sides of the bed. So you can get a king or queen or whatever it is. And then it kind of, you regulate your body temperature. It gives you all the data. You can put on a vibrational alarm. So it's a very gentle wake up. So it really helps you like monitor your sleep and hack it and provides like tips and resources as well. So it's a really great brand. And that everybody knows that like, I think that like probably like 90% of the people out there listening could improve their sleep. So this is a good, this is a good one. Um, It's just little things like people are like, well, I have really bad sleep quality or my HRV is like super low. And I'm like, guys, well, when's the last time you're drinking coffee? 
What is the time you're actually going to bed? Um, are you eating early enough that your body is done digesting the food before you're going to sleep? When do you cut screen time? Like little, little changes before you even get into like, I'm not even telling you to put together a sleep stack. Like first start small. Okay. This conversation has been so beautiful. Like so much more informative than I could have ever even imagined. Um, the last question that I ask every guest on our show is, I think that for you, it's like you have, I think four dogs. Did I read that right? Four, four dogs. Yes. Huge four. dog. Okay. I have three dogs. So I'm like, I'm kind of yeah. in the same ballpark. And we're adopting a baby. So we have like a lot we are. We decided not to have biological kids and we wanted to help save a little like child. So we're in the process of adopting a baby girl. I haven't been matched yet, but we just cleared all our paperwork. So yeah. Congratulations. That's so exciting. Oh my God. I feel like I'm going to cry from that. That's amazing. Um, so yeah, I know, like, I know how your you know, fur babies are even like, you're oh, like, that's like they're, they're like, they're a job all on their own. And then you have this company, you have a husband that you have to tend to. How do you balance all the chaos? So how I balance it? Routine. I have to have a routine and have structure because without that, my life would fall apart. So I stick to one. If I made a commitment for a time, I'm going to stick to it. I'm not going to cancel on you because I want to be respectful of your time and enforce myself to be respectful of mine. Learning to say no, because if I don't say no to things, I'm never going to have time to create the yeses and have like Yes. balance in your life. And three, always taking a minute for personal time. So not backing my schedule so much that whether if I'm really busy Monday to Friday, am I going for an acupuncture on the weekend? Am I doing a cryo session by myself? Like what am I doing to take care of me? So always once a week, making that one time to check in with myself and be like, how am I feeling about things? And where do I stand? Where do I stand? Yes. I think that's beautiful. The one thing that I actually don't think anyone on our show has ever said before in all, you know, the episodes we've done is have like making sure that people respect your time. Like what a beautiful thing. And it's something that I'm still to be totally honest with working on, but like I've put a policy in place where it's like, if you cancel on me, like, and no show me more than like, we are done. Like I am not rescheduling. And you know, so funny you're saying that I look for that in clients as well. Yes. If you're, you doesn't close the loop on a conversation and you don't are just like flip D Lottie, I will not sign you as an employee or a client, or even as a friend, because I don't like that you don't respect our time and our energy. So being little mindful of these little signs and looking at that, because then you, then you tell the universe, Hey, there's not the kind of people I want around me. And then the universe will bring you people that value you and respect you and have the same um, core values and what it means to spend time. Cause time is the one thing you can't get back to. You can't get it back a thousand percent. I think that that like, if there is anything that I like what well, we talked about the people pleasing, but that, that I see that like so many of us could work on, it is that it's like valuing your own time because if somebody is not, it's like, okay, but you don't get to get that back. And so it's yeah. like, yes, a thousand percent. Um, okay. So if anyone wants to work with you, if anyone wants to follow you on Instagram, where can everybody find you? So my Instagram handle is Iman double underscore. Don't ask why double underscore, but Hassan. I'm trying to get the Iman Hassan right now. And our agency is Um, I'm super responsive on my page. So if you ever have a question, you can DM me, DM the agency. And yeah. Thank you so much for this. Good luck with the baby girl. That's so exciting. I am so happy for you. This is going to be such an incredible episode. We covered like so much from like actual tangible things that people can do to also like emotional, spiritual, like there's so much in here. So thank you for all of your wealth of knowledge.
And I'm grateful for you because you created a community and a place for people to come and share their experiences and work with your community. And so thank you so much for being so curated and mindful about your energy and space and having such an incredible community and a platform that you created. So congratulations. It's not easy to do. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I hope that you loved that episode and that you found some helpful tools and insights to help you heal and come back to the most vital version of yourself. If you did, please rate, review, and subscribe to our show. That's the best way to support us. You can follow me on Instagram at wellnessbykelly and sign up now for the seven-day free trial of the WBK app and our health and hormones course through Labor Day. When you do, you'll get 20% off of the course and 10% off the annual membership. For the course, use the code BALANCINGCHAOS20, that's B-A-L-A-N-C-I-N-G-C-H-A-O-S-2-0. And for the membership, use the code BALANCINGCHAOS, all one word. In our course, you'll get access to an emailed lab review plus protocols that are built out to help you heal whatever hormonal imbalance you're struggling with. For our membership, you'll receive a library of content in our app with low impact workouts, blood sugar balancing recipes, and mindfulness meditations all designed to help you balance your hormones naturally and feel like your most beautiful, joyful, and vital self. Thanks so much for joining. See you in the next episode.